well, I remember when I had to sell Ray Filet, my kid needed braces. It's like, no, his teeth are <laughs> fine, man. You keep that. You keep Ray. You keep Ray. <laughs> Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, and joining with me, as always, is my partner in Ninja Turtle Crime, the main man, my main man, I should say, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hi, Calabunga, everyone. Hey, how's it going, Hosehead? Not too bad. I still wave at the camera. I don't know why. (laughs) Why? I'm waving back. You can't see me, but I'm waving. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, today, guys, I didn't didn't ask you, can you hear me fine? Oh, you sound great. Sound great. I never know. Like, this microphone that Jody got me, like, ever since there was that one day we recorded, and Mm -hmm. I didn't, like, plug in the back of the cord, the cord that plugs into the back of the microphone. I didn't have it plugged in all the way, and it took us, it took me, like, a very embarrassing amount of time to figure out that I didn't do that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always questioning it. It's like, is it in? Is it in? Yeah. It happens to the best of us, buddy. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah, guys. We uh, were returning to the IDW series here. Well, not returning. I guess we've still been in. here for a while. Still it's still in. in. It's still in it. And we are talking about issue 94, which came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we're just about caught up. I think 95 comes out in the next couple of weeks. So this might be the last temptation station for a couple of weeks. But... Some interesting stuff in the works in the comic book. I uh, I was a little disappointed. And because... Rob didn't like it. Yes. I, well, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Rob was like, I could do this better. Yo, yo, I definitely didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, spoiler alert. And I hope you guys know with the IDW mutation state that, you know, it's all spoiler. I guess we probably should have said that earlier. Well, it's been out for a week. You should have read it by now, listeners. If you're listening to the show, when we told you three weeks ago we were going to be on this issue... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We're going to be spoiling the plot of it, but I'll say this. If you've read issue number 93, it ends on a cliffhanger. We don't know if Jenica's going to make it. And spoiler alert in this issue, we still don't know if Jenica's going to make it. And I was like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I was, you know, and that's a comic booky way to do it. I get it. Uh, you know, you keep me wanting more, and I understand. But Lord, I wanted some. I wanted some answers today. It's kind of um, like you know they actually reference it in this book uh, with Casey Jones. It's kind of like in City Fall when Shredder seemingly killed Casey Jones, and he was in the yeah. hospital for like nine issues, and you didn't know if he was going to make it or not. It's like just stop playing with us. Yeah, just give, <laughs> give me the answer. Give me the answer. Uh, you know what? We got some of the some of the writers on our our Facebook page, man. We got to just we got to just harass them and be like, hey, what happens? We won't tell. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> No, this is called constructive trolling. Come on. <laughs> so um, before we get into the comic book, uh, Josh, have you gotten any uh, Ninja Turtle pickups or anything lately? Yes. But Ooh. I'll tell you on the next episode because it's not here yet. 
<laughs> oh, interesting. Was, What'd you get? I was kind of hoping that um, was kind of hoping that I was gonna uh, have it uh, this weekend, but it was uh, now it's gonna be next week. So I was like, all right, I will show you. Hold on, have you seen those there? Oh yeah, what are those? The ones in front there. I got those. No kid, the um, well, I don't know what those are. Okay, so the figures that I'm gonna talk about next week, hopefully. The yeah. figures I'm next week will be uh, the eight-inch vinyl figures from Kid Robot. Uh, it's, huh. So they're basically they're a an eight-inch vinyl statuette kind of figure, where it's not really a statue because it's too small in scale, but it's bigger than your average action figure. Uh, I think they call those statuettes or maquettes or something like that. But it's a vinyl figure where the only thing the it's got like two points of articulation with the or three with the with the neck and the wrists. So you can mm-hmm. do things with the arms there. Um, and they're basically just um, these 8-inch vinyl figures of the Ninja. They're, they're completely original sculpting. They're not based on, like, the 80s cartoon or the IDW comic. Yeah, it looked like it. And every and each uh, figure is a solid uh, color figure that takes on the color of the individual turtle's bandana. So, like, Michelangelo is a completely orange figure. Leonardo is blue and so on and so forth. Uh, I, those are, those figures actually came out like three years ago, and I always wanted them, and they were just out of stock forever. And um, I saw them back in stock on this website called EntertainmentEarth.com, uh, which is a collectible shop, kind of like Big Bad Toy Store. And I had the money for it, and I asked Nicole, so I got the blessing. I had the- <laughs> smart man. So, um, yeah, so I'm waiting for that to come in. So. Very nice. I have honestly never seen those before. Very nice. I'm, I'm really excited about them because I've, I've always wanted them, but now I'm like, crap, where do I put them? Because <laughs> they're not like, you know, the Playmates toys, like, four-inch action figure. These are, like, almost a foot tall. I have no idea where to put wow. these things. So, <laughs> I have to put another shelf up. I should, yeah. I, I want to, but, like, I again, I don't know where to put shelves at right now either. So, but, I mean, there's, I don't know. Anyway, we'll get yeah, very nice. I'm excited for the review, and um, and uh, hopefully sooner or later, I'd, I'd like to maybe bring a couple of toys off the shelf uh, and review as well, because I've kind of missed doing that on the show. I, I know with everything that's happened with IDW, it, it's really important that we, we cover this stuff yeah. as it as it's happening, but I kind of miss doing the old toy reviews, I, so maybe we can do a quick review before we talk about the next comic or whatever, but speaking of toys, I was blessed to get uh, from... My buddy Ferg, who does a wonderful podcast called the Atari 2600 Game by Game, major influence on me as a podcaster, uh, uh, doing the Wretched Junkies and everything. But he sent me his old April figures. He had he used to work at Toys R Us, and he for some reason he picked up these figures in the early 90s, and um, he had them hanging up in his game room for years. Huh. And um, he sent them my way. The original. Uh, 1988 April, the, uh, the original Playmates right. one, the TMNT3 film April, and and then there was another one that I did take out of the box. They were for my son, Grayson, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Grace, I, I, in the video, I'm filming him opening everything. He's like, okay, I want them open now. I was like, oh, why don't we leave a couple in the box and we'll open one, oh, and God. I'll save the rest for you for later. <laughs> or leave it in the box. It's like, no. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he opened the 80s hair April. It's like where she has this really poofy hair. She almost looks like a Barbie doll. But uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get the box next time. I, I kept the back of the card and hung it up on the yeah. wall. So I'll get that next time and kind of review it. Since it's starting out of the box, I can talk about the articulation and everything. But, yeah, I just thought that was so nice. So that was basically my pickup for the week um, was those four uh, April fi- or three April figures and the Mitsu figure from um, Turtles mm-hmm. 3. So uh, in the box, in, in good condition, except for the one my son yeah. took out. So. So big, big thank you to you, Ferg, if you're listening, and um, just really, really nice, man. I'm gonna try to, gonna try to pay it forward and maybe do a giveaway for our listeners, uh, just as a thank you for for sticking with us um, here soon. I've been kind of making a building a box up as we go. So. Didn't you do a metalhead um, figure giveaway last year that you never sent out? Oh my gosh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to. I need. Oh, guy, Lord, I forget who even wanted to buy my own. He went out and bought an old metalhead figure. <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make things right yeah. here. I'm going to send that guy, that metalhead, plus all the other stuff I've been putting in in this little uh, giveaway box. Yep. So Join us next um, week, listeners, where Rob tells us, oh, man, I forgot to do that. <laughs> On Turf Flakes. That'll be a segment. Yeah, what Rob forgets yeah, for Rob the week. For- <laughs> so please email in again um, if you were the winner of that metalhead figure and if you're still listening you're gonna look who it is you're not even gonna try i can't remember i can check maybe i got it in my email (laughs) man don't don't be like if you can tell me who you were because you're gonna get like 400 emails i was gonna say yeah with my metalhead out it's like they didn't even make that many figures you know oh that's so funny that that probably would happen you know as i was saying that i was thinking that could happen All right, so speaking of emails, uh, we did get two emails this week. And uh, speaking of toys, one of our resident toy experts, Mr. Baxter himself, he's <laughs> this is kind of a depressing email here, so you, you, might, uh, you might be fired up with this one there, Josh. Okay. So he says, hey, guys, remember the time I called in about the white slam dunk, slam dunk and Don? Oh, no. Yeah, then the following show, you read that email that broke down the dis- distribution numbers and everything. Yeah. Dude. Totally shot myself in the foot. Since the prices have skyrocketed, six hundred dollars for a loose one with no accessories, and upwards to a thousand for the one for one on a damaged card. I literally waited two years to see one on eBay. Now they get listed every week. Any chance we could revisit that and talk about it on the show? I'd be happy to call in and talk about it. I feel like we're sort of responsible. Yeah. <laughs> you should be getting royalty on these sales. First of all, Nick, thank you for the email. Let's show you um, how many the- people are listening to our show. See, I, I'm thinking that can't be because of us. We don't have that many listeners, at we, least I don't think. We don't have that many. Or, or do we? I don't know. So well, Maybe. I don't know. You know, we really have no numbers. We have no idea who's listening. No, but uh, it's. I think it's one of those things that's a coincidence where it's just like, you know, it's kind of like if you look up, like I when I was trying to find a scratch figure, uh, mm-hmm. it took me like a year. It's just for, not there. Looking for it, not there. And then all of a sudden I typed it down on eBay and there's like 30 of them. <laughs> and um and then now you type it in and like there, there's just none you know yeah. you can find customs like i saw one that i really want it was like for, this dude uh made a he took a scratch figure and made a mold out of it and just made a clear plastic figure of scratch and you could see all the details and everything in it wow that's, I was like, cool. that's really cool a dude wanted 40 bucks i was like i'd kind of like one of those just just that uh clear invisible but you know like then it was gone forever I was like all right fine like, it might be a coincidence, but it's one of those things that's just fun to think about where it's just like a bunch of people listen to our show and be like, I could pay for college with this. If, if that were the case, I feel terrible about it. 
but I I don't know. Part of me is like, there's no way people would listen to us and make that well, decision. You know what, man? I mean, I really, if you want to spend $2,000 on an action figure, you go right ahead. I'm not doing that because, uh, <laughs> because I remember when we talked to him, it was last, last summer. It was like a year ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It was quite some time. A while ago, and, or at least back in September. And I remember looking that night we went after we were done recording this. First thing I did was I went on eBay and I looked for him. I was like, nope, nope. There were there were a couple there like going for like three, four hundred dollars. I saw a boxed one for like a thousand dollars. I was like, nah. Nobody remembers the Bulls for the white jerseys anyway. So you get the red jersey one. You get the good one. You sorry, oh. but <laughs> shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, that's not your fault, Baxter. You can't control what people are being like eBay sharks about, you know? Yeah, yeah, and Baxter, man, big props to you. Uh, he he sent me an email earlier. I've been meaning to get back to uh, to him about it, but I can talk about it on the show, at least, at least some of it. He was talking about how he had to sell a lot of his collection. Oh, no. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's doing it for the right reasons. Family always comes first. got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah. But I, I know that I know that struggle. He, he's kept some of his sentimental figures, but, I mean, I would have loved to have seen his collection before he had sold it because something's telling me he had a wonderful collection. I still have his Fugitoid he sent me, signed by Peter Laird. Yeah. Pr- uh, displayed proudly on top of my dad's sound system. Man, I lo- I, I, I kind of want to give it back, guy, now. I'm like, well, <laughs> he might want that back. But I just want you to know I'm taking very good care of your stuff. I never I, – Ever would even dream of, of giving away or selling any of the stuff that was given to me. Right. I always keep that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know the pain. I had to my wife and I had a yard sale uh this time last week and I didn't give any get rid of any turtle stuff, but I got rid of some old classic games and other things like that. Yeah. I still kept the sentimental stuff because honestly, really and truly, it's just stuff. You know? Yeah. And the, yeah. there are some things we'll have attachments to. But there's some things that I've gotten over the years, you know, online that I have really no emotional attachment to. So I was willing to part with some stuff. But, but buddy, my heart goes out to you, but definitely made the right choice, man. <laughs> this is going to sound completely dramatic, and I apologize. And, and be ready to roll your eyes at me. I, I did not <laughs> even want to think of what would have to happen for me to sell my stuff because I don't want to sell it. You know? Just, oh, yeah. No, I understand, I man. I don't want it at all, man. It's like, you know, it's, it's not like it's like giving up one of my kids. It's not like that, but it's like one of those things where it's like... <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's worse. Yeah, it's not like that. This is so much... Because I can always give you one of the bad ones. You know, it's just... You know, whatever. We can we kind of figure out which one of our kids aren't going to... I can give you that one. But, no, no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be in uh, the situation where I would have to sell a bunch of stuff. Because, like, there's some... I mean, there's there's a lot of money that... In, money and time and care that's invested in collection like it's not just putting stuff up on a shelf it's like making sure that that figure is maintained making sure all dust free a bunch of sun doesn't get on it or sucks because my room where my display is the sun just beats down on it so i gotta make it always covered and i'm failing at it right now but uh but yeah it's it's an investment it's something that you really i, I it depends. It depends on the person, but it's something you really care about. You know, it's like it's yeah. like an extension of yourself. It's like you, when you're a collector, at a certain point when you when you consider yourself a collector, you know that thing is that collection means something. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you something. This is kind of a side note, and I'm I'm kind of curious about this because I don't think I've ever asked mm-hmm. you this. What is your holy grail? Like, well, 
and I'm talking strictly sentimental. What is like? Say if you could only keep one turtles figure or turtles memorabilia, what would be for you? Oh man, you know a lot of it. There's so much of it that's sentimental because like so much of it that like I got at a time when like maybe I shouldn't have, but like it meant a lot, so I got it then. Or like a yeah, from yeah. a loved one. Like Nicole got a, a lot of Ninja Turtle stuff, and she thinks Ninja Turtles are just the dumbest thing. <laughs> She admitted this to me a couple of months ago. I was like, oh, well, I wish I would have found else then. <laughs> but but there's I, probably... It would probably be the uh, the original... I've got the four turtles uh, in box, the original four turtles in box on the wall here. And oh, wow. if I could keep all four of those, that would be cool. But like probably the Donatello one. I remember, and it's not the same one I had when I was a kid. But I remember the first time I got that. Yeah. You know, I, I remember that. Like when I was probably, let's see, 87, 88, I was probably six, five or six years old. It was wintertime. And, and I wrote about this in my, uh, in my book. But it was wintertime. Me, my mom, and my sister were in Walgreens. And I had just seen the Ninja Turtles like a couple of weeks before. And I saw the Donatello figure. And I went to my, I was walking past it and I, I grabbed my mom's arm and I pointed, I go, Oh my God. And she goes, what? I was like, look like it was like the covenant or something. And she goes, and my mom just says, Oh, that's from that show we watched. Right. I said, yeah. And she goes, do you want that? Uh huh. Okay. Put it in the cart. Wow! And see those moments right there. Man. Yeah, and I just, I remember, and I remember my sister going, "Oh, what the, f-? you know." <laughs> <laughs> and can I put something? In the- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I get something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get to go home later. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but I remember getting that. I, I can remember that specific figure. I remember, I remember that that day. I couldn't remember. I don't. Rem- I remember it was cold. Yeah, I don't know why, but I remember that because I remember my mom had a white. Starter jacket. You remember Starter? Oh yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. My mom had a white Starter Bulls jacket, and I had a Notre Dame because I was convinced I was going to go to Notre Dame when I was a kid. Notre Dame jacket, and my sister was there. I don't care, but I remember. <laughs> I remember that. It was just that was just, probably that one year. If I if I had to give everything up, it would probably be that one. I'd probably keep it in the box too. But yeah. Like, but yeah, and you know, I'm at a not a problem, but like the thing that I'm dealing with now is like there's nothing else that I want. Sure. You yeah. know, and now I'm at the point where I'm like those uh, those four vinyl figures. They weren't cheap. They were forty bucks, mm-hmm. and you factor in. Sh- and I didn't pay for shipping because I it, it was the website I bought it from was you spend a certain amount, and you don't have to pay shipping. But uh, anyway, so that was a hundred and twenty sixty dollars. That I had, I, I mean, I had extra, and I, I, and I don't want to say I got permission, but I got permission to buy it. <laughs> but now I'm at where, like, I buy something like that, even if I spend twenty bucks, I feel there's a part of me that just feels bad. Oh, you sure. know, like I have sure. five kids, and we need to make sure they're not that we're poor, but like, I know, hey, buddy, I uh, that's the the responsibility of being a parent. Yeah. Man. I, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. And it's just like, it just, it just hit, especially now. And, and I think it's because of like the world state and everything where it's like nothing creeped anymore. Oh, uh, and it's just like there, there was some security and there was some, some, 
familiarity with everything and now all that's gone and now now even spending just like 30 bucks or like buying a game online or you know just anything like that just always makes me pause and like now I'm afraid of now what I don't like is when I buy something and I know every collector has done this or I think every collector has done this is like you buy something that you've really wanted and you've waited for it and you get it and you get it out of the package or you get the or you put the box up and you look at it you take pictures, you write your review, you put it up on the shelf, and then you're like, all right, next thing I'm going to get. And it's yeah. like, and I just, I don't like, I don't like that feeling anymore. It was just like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to always want something. You know, I don't, I don't like. Well, you know, that that's, um, going back to your memory, first of all, dude, I was watching your face, uh, just light up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know what? I was listening to every detail there because I know what that feels yeah. like, you know, like it's, it's incredible what we remember. Um, and it's the minor things. It's, it's not the major things. You know, I've told this story several times on the show, so I'll just keep it real brief. But my sister's third birthday, my grandmother got me a detective Donatello figure because she didn't want me to feel left out during my sister's third birthday. That's the one that started it all for me. Aren't, um, and, aren't all grandmas the same? They all do. <laughs> still mad at me for that stuff happening. <laughs> I was like two. Yeah, I know. Funny yet, and my sister still to me about that. My <laughs> grandma got me a hat. You know. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, it's so true. It, it, and uh, it was um, we were at a skating rink. That's where we had the party. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember it's actually it was on video at one point, and so it was all documented. Like my first turtle, um, and and. Gosh, years have passed since we've seen that video. I, I'm sure it's yeah. gone. We lost in a move or deteriorated over time. Here, here by now, like I found out that VHS tapes have a shelf life of 20 years. Yeah, there's that a makes whole sense. generation of entertainment that's going to be gone soon. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know, but it's certainly ingrained in my memory, and I, I still have that figure. I would say between that figure and then the Jim Lawson uh, drawing of my dad and yeah. me playing Batman, those two are like irreplaceable. Yeah, like if I, if I had to sell everything else. So be it. Um, I try to keep a lot of sentimental stuff now, but if I had to, those would be the two I definitely keep. Um, you know, they're, they're sentimental for their own reasons, and uh, I think we all have one. So there, that leads us into our question of the week: What is the one thing that you you could keep from your collection, um, or what couldn't you get rid of? Yeah, exactly. What's one thing you couldn't get rid of yeah. from your collection? So please email us in. Our email is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. That's a great topic. It's kind of a spin on what Baxter uh, wrote about. So, Baxter, thank you so much for yeah. Thank the you email. for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Thank thing, you for yeah. the stroll down memory lane. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, feel free to, to call us in, Baxter, if, if you want to talk about your favorite figure or um, you want to talk more about Slam Dunk and Don. Maybe the prices have gone down, Lord willing. I hope so. Yeah, just keep us posted on that. I always look forward to your phone calls. That'll be a segment. Then- He'll call in every week and we'll call it, what did Baxter have to sell? Yeah. <laughs> And it would just be like, it'd just be like a wah wah kind of story. Be like, well, I remember when I had to sell Ray Fillet. My kid needed braces. It's like, no, his teeth are fine, man. You keep that. You keep Ray. You keep Ray. (laughs) So we did get one more email, and you're not gonna. This is gonna blow your mind. Guess who it's from? Brian from Utah. No, Michael Scott. No. Oh man. (laughs) No, it's funny. He actually says. Uh, sincerely, Michael Scott, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> he did that last time, I think, too. I, lo- I love him. But he says, hey, dudes, I thought I'd drop an email after meeting Stephen Levine at the Comic-Con in London last weekend. 
Last time I emailed the show, it was about my love of the TMNT Adventure comics. Mm -hmm. So naturally, this was something Stephen and I discussed. To his credit, he was so open, and we spoke for a while about a range of things. Love to meet Steve Levine. That's so awesome. Especially about the Adventure series. God, I would love to pick a brain about that. Yeah, one of these days. We've been trying to. You remember this book you wrote 40 years ago? I want to know everything about it right now. (laughs) What was going through your mind? Uh, He says on his table, he had some awesome sketches, including some toy designs. I joked about the unwritten rule that a toy design character couldn't have two matching arms or legs. (laughs) He laughed, agreed that the characters were rarely lucky enough to have matching limbs. He then went on to say that he had recently been interviewed by some guys who are doing some research about the turtle toys, particularly rejected designs. Ooh. They may be even looking to produce a book. Can we get this idea out there in the community? Can we find out any more? Who wouldn't want a copy of this? Below are a couple of prints that I picked up. He signed them too. Cowabunga, Michael Scott. Not that one. (laughs) So first of all, about the, the book of... You know the, the or the rejected designs. I would be absolutely, totally one hundred percent bored for buying oh, something I'd buy like it. that. I'd buy it. Yeah. yeah, there there's so many things that you know. Unfortunately, over time, you know, gosh, we're getting on what thirty five years. We're we're knocking the door to forty years. Can you believe that, Josh? Yeah, for the turtles, that's crazy. Yeah, and yeah, I I just wrote about one unproduced figure a couple of days ago, and. Um, I, you know, I mean, if you watch the, uh, the turtle power documentary, when they get to the subject of the Ninja Turtles action figures, the first line from Playmates, still the Ninja Turtles action figure line, uh, fight me. I don't care. You know, um, there, there were uh, a bunch of drawings that were shown of like, uh, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Steve Levine. I can't remember who it was, but no, it was a Playmates toys guy, but he had done a whole line of action figures. Uh, of people that were turned into like everyday ab- there was a, a cop that got turned into a street light wow you know there was a construction worker and just all kinds of weird stuff and he says i forget his name but he's like i did a lot of weird stuff i submitted a lot of bad stuff i, I would love to see all that stuff man <laughs> me too uh, me too i'd love that like ryan brown and uh, jim lawson and a couple others man Steve Levine, obviously. I mean, I'm sure t- there was so many ideas they sent in that just weren't approved for whatever reason. I'd love to see those. So, our listeners, this is a challenge and an open request to you. If you know anything about this project, please email into us. We would love to learn more, and we would love to spotlight as much as we can um, because we're all over kind of that kind of stuff. And um, Michael Scott has attached two photos here of the ones that seen signed, and that's awesome. It looks like a fantastic four cover. With Michelangelo and the Shredder, the giant Shredder, or mini turtles. That is neat. I like that. And then, uh, and I love that surfing Mikey. Oh, I love surfing Mikey. (laughs) Where did you get that print, Michael? That's what I want to know. I want to copy that. I have that figure. Yeah, that that looks just like him. Yeah, I know. I know. It looks great. Even got the crab on the the surfboard there. Yeah. Oh, so great. Yeah. So great. I put sewer surfing my... um, was it Sewer Surfing Mikey? I think so, yeah. I think so. I put him in my top five favorite Playmates figures. I just love that design. Great stuff there. I, I'd love to meet Steve Levine, and I'd definitely love to learn more about that uh, that particular project that um, apparently some folks are working on. So uh, if anyone knows any more information about that, please email in. We would love to share it on the show and kind of get the word out there Yeah. Uh, for our, our 10 listeners. <laughs> Hey, you know what? We listen to enough people that like skyrocket action figure price to a stupid. Oh gosh, you really think that? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. No, I think <laughs> I think it was a coincidence. But you know what? 
You know what? We're just going to say we did. It would be it was all because luck. of us. It would be our luck that that was the impact on the turtle community that we had. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're the toxic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's not the fact that we got to talk to Jim Lawson before he decided to stop talk, taking interviews. Um, it, uh, <laughs> talking to Kevin Eastman or getting, you know, we didn't contribute to comics or books or movies or anything. No, we contributed skyrocketing antique toys. <laughs> Oh, that would be our legacy. Yeah. Go so, figure. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, with, with that in mind, let, what do you say we talk about the comic? All right. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be screwed. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another installment of the IDW Mutation Station. Very nice. Yay. Very nice. Well, you know, do you have that written down or you just know no, that by I just heart? Know it. No, I just remember, I just channel my inner road to Degeneration X. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, good stuff here. It says here, now this is uh, IDW issue 94. This is all spoilers here, so if you've not read the issue, go ahead and read it first, and then come back and, uh, and join us here as we talk about it. So... It says, the story so far, Karai aims to control the Foot Clan and the underworld of New York City. When Jenica refuses her offer to switch sides, Karai impaled Jenica with her sword. Denied access to the hospital by Karai's forces, the TMNT are forced to take matters into their own hands. Meanwhile, Bishop and Metalhead's alliance to capture the TMNT kicks in a gear. Yeah, so um, in this issue here, this is after the uh, free comic book day issue where... Uh, the turtles are trying to get Jenica to the hospital, and you find out that, I think at the end of 93 as well, Karai already joined forces with the uh, the New York Mafia and um, are combining their forces to take out the turtles, uh, unbeknownst to Splinter, because the Mafia already had their allegiance to the Foot Clan. Uh, Splinter's Foot Clan, not Karai's Foot Clan. Um, so now the... Uh, Karai's ninja and the uh, the mafia are keeping the turtles from sending Jenica to the uh, hospital to get some very severe wounds she uh, uh, withstood, or however you want to say it. But so the the issue begins with Bishop flying in a helicopter with Metalhead. Uh, they are actually they're patrolling the church that the turtles live in uh, again now, um, and my uh, Metalhead is scanning it for any signs of life because waiting for the turtles to show up. And this also harkens back to the deal between Bishop and Metalhead to take out all the mutants, uh, and Metalhead will get the the consistent updates that his software requires. Yeah, I like how they, they scan them and uh, find pepperoni. Yeah, pepperoni just kind of laying there. He's like, there's a dinosaur <laughs> in there, and no care. <laughs> no one no, cares. Like, ah, no mutants. Nobody cares. <laughs> and at the time when I had first read this, uh, I hadn't read the Triceraton Invasion, and, I, and since then I read it. So that was pretty good. Pick up the Triceraton Invasion, so it was pretty good. Oh, yeah, the, that was the story arc um, before this, right? Or a couple, uh, couple I arcs think, before this? I think two arcs before this one. Yeah, that one is good. That one is good. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was when um, Bishop was still controlling Slash. Really makes you um, hate Bishop even more. Yeah, you know, and the thing of it is, is like, I get it. You know, I get, like, he's protecting Earth. I mean, like, he he genuinely is. He's genuinely trying to protect Earth from alien forces. Yeah, but don't you feel bad for the Triceratons? The Triceratons, you know, if anything, it makes me really not like the Neutrinos. 
Yeah, they they were like, oh yeah, we'll give you Earth. They they love they'd love to have you. Well, you know, it's also it, reading that uh, invasion storyline made me realize that like, oh, the Triceratons aren't an alien race. Flipping dinosaurs, like actual dinosaurs. They were a herd of Triceratops dinosaurs that were enslaved by crank, not necessarily crank, the Utrams, the bred to be uh, slave soldiers. I was like, oh, well, that that really sucks for them. Yeah, they just yeah. to go back home, but like home was also Earth sixty five million years ago. Yeah, times have changed. They could have just like just as easily went to the moon, you know, just put them on the moon, you know, because like you you really like all parties are like no party is to blame, but all parties are to blame because like the Triceratops is kind of like what did you expect? Yeah, you know, what I mean, like because you guys know Earth is inhabited, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I know, and they're not just going to come, you know, with open arms, be like, "Hey, come on, come live with us." And, they and it's, it's kind of a shame. They're like, there's that one general. I think her name is General Zom. She lands on in a street in New York. She's like, "Hi!" Everyone's like, <laughs> runs away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good. I feel so bad for them too because they get attacked right away by the EPF immediately. Yeah. yeah. And Bishop and the EPF, like, use, like, the guise of, like, friendship. They're like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah. They're like, yeah. They're, they're very fastidious in their greetings there. They're, they're very kind. And they're just waiting to find out how many tries, how many of you are here. It's like, oh, well, we got yeah. an opposition up there. It's like, okay, that's all we needed. And boom, and a fight breaks out. And it's a really cool, like, there was a great moment. Casey Jones and Hun, like, have their little bonding moment fighting yeah. Triceraton. is like, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Triceraton invasion, go read it. It's good. Go read it. Very good. Seriously. Very good stuff. Kind of makes you feel bad for them. And kind of, I'm with you. It kind of makes you not like the neutrinos as much. I know. Yeah. And I love them. You see my, my only, uh, experience with the neutrinos before this book, cause I haven't read any, it's just kind of happened that I haven't read any issues with the neutrinos in them. So my only reference to them is the cartoon, and I'm thinking, "Hey, Daddy O, what's that? These guys are awesome. <laughs> well, Zach and Cal are in it. Yeah, they're hilarious. Yeah, and then it's like, oh no, these guys are like soldiers, and and they don't care about uh, helping people. You know, they they care. I mean, they they care about their kingdom and that's yeah, cool. Yeah, and they well, you you've read some of them. Yeah, remember uh, when Michelangelo? Um, the, remember when the turtles get rewarded on Planet Neutrino? Uh, oh, seventy three. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I, I I yeah I remember reading the issue, but I couldn't tell you what the issue was about. I think that one was one where it was a trial of Krang. I think wasn't it, it? was go- yeah it was leading into the Dimension X storyline and all that. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. But I, yeah. I mean, I've read more to do with Fugitoid than I did with the Neutrinos, and but anyway, going back to issue ninety four here, Donatello arrives at Harold's lab. Harold and Libby. So Harold can hopefully stabilize Jenica's condition here. They they yeah. Murray at this laboratory there, and Libby's very nice about it. And Harold is still just Harold's just a he's a wank, you know. Just, <laughs> just, oh. He is kind of a he kind of um yeah gives a pretty rough line to the turtles. Yeah, he's like yeah. I understand you're kind of old and curmudgeon-y and your designs were stolen, but you know it's just kind of like. There's literally a dying person here. Even before they get her off the stretcher, she's bleeding out really bad. Yeah. As soon as they get her out of the um, the van, and I mean, I, I I thought she was a goner in the last issue, and because I, I thought there's there's going to be repercussions for this story arc, 
But now, you know, they're they're starting to hint around that there could be a solution. And um, it's – well, before I get too far ahead of myself, talk about Harold's line. He basically says – oh, where is it? Oh, okay, right here. It says um, – Michelangelo says to, uh, to, to them, please save her. She's, she's like one of our – and then Harold goes, your family? He's like, yeah, how'd you know? Because if she wasn't, she wouldn't yeah, be she, in this mess. She wouldn't be laying here, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a hard line. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, yeah, and Harold... He's not wrong. Harold is kind of a wank, yeah. I mean, he just he, he never misses an opportunity to be one either. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> dude, you know, just, just let a couple slide every now and then. There's literally a person dying here. You don't need to be like, yeah, yeah well, sucks for you, wah-wah. Yeah. But, yeah. And, you, and, and you know, everybody knows somebody like that, too. And if you don't, I have something to tell you. <laughs> you are that person. So, um, but yeah, Donatello is talking to April, and he's like, "Hey, can you like make up one of those weird cocktails that you made for your dad? Because like her dad used to be wheelchair uh, way back in the uh, the Northampton storyline. She gave yeah. her and her mother, April and her mother, gave her dad tea with like mutagen in it. I don't know. There's more yeah. to it than that. I don't remember. That's very, very. That's all I remember. That's too. painting very, yeah. in very broad strokes. Um, but like, yeah, she gave him mutagen basically, and it fixed them. But they're, they need something specific done to it. So that requires April tells Donatello they need Lindsay from the Mutanimals. They don't know what for yet. We don't know what for yet. But Casey and Raphael are on a mission to go get Lindsay from the Mutanimals back to uh, Harold's lab to save Jenica. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, Casey obviously he's freaking out. He and Raph go right, right that way, while uh, Harold, the rest of the turtles, try to take care of uh, poor Jenica. And Alapex and nobody are there too. And I kind of think I always have to laugh when I see nobody because it's Angel, and she just kind of like deboed Harold's stuff. Like Harold made an Iron Man suit, and she's like, "I'm going to take that." <laughs> Like no, did you say Debo? Yeah, D- yeah. You remember Debo? <laughs> Is that a Friday yeah. reference? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you. Where's my money, yeah. Greg? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, so uh, yeah, we get a great cutaway. Splinter, uh, he's watching the kids, and poor kids, they're playing, they're playing board games, they're watching TV. Um, one kid's playing a little, uh, you know, cardboard box castle. I mean, these kids are—they're just being kids. They have no idea what's about to unfold. And it's only going to get worse because Splinter receives a phone call from Leonardo who has to give him the yeah. bad news that not only not only did he sneak out um, and agree to have Jenica meet privately with Karai behind Splinter's back, but Jenica could very well be killed, yeah. all right? And, he, and Leonardo's got to give his dad the news that, hey, we really screwed up. I wish there was an extra page here with the turtle deciding who has to call Splinter. Like, I'm not doing it. I did it <laughs> yeah. last time, man. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, that takes guts for Leo to even call him and tell him what, what's happening. But he's leader. He, he needs does. to do it. Yeah. That's what leaders do. Right. You're right. And, of course, Splinter, he's very upset. Leonardo says, I think some of the families have switched sides. He goes, Father, are you still there? And Splinter says, Leonardo, remain with Jenica. Assist her with or assist the Lilias with her care. Uh, whatever they need. I will tend to other matters, and boy does he! So, yeah. um, we we don't know exactly what's going to go on yet, but we see it later on in this issue. It's pretty hard. I think it's kind of funny though to see Splinter use a cell phone. 
Yeah, there's some, there is something kind of it's funny. It's weird about because his ears are, just because of the structure of his head, his ears are way up here, but he's holding he's a phone like high. we would. <laughs> so are his ears for show? Uh, they're show Does he have show. two sets of ears? I don't know. Are his human ears? I don't. <laughs> just and this it. is why, you know, because comics. <laughs> yeah, it's because comics, yes. And then we get a cutaway to Raph and... Casey and an interesting conversation they're having here. They are both extremely angry. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, I love the panel in another page or two with "Hi, I'm Pete." Kind of breaks up the uh, seriousness of the book. <laughs> I know, yeah, but that's the point of the meat animals. Like the meat animals are like the '80s action movie that's like funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, you can't help but like them. It's kind of like the Ninja Turtles are in that movie, The Untouchables, and the meat animals are in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before it gets funny, it's a pretty serious moment here with uh, Casey and Raph because Casey's like, uh, or Raph says, I'm telling you right now, no matter what happens to Jay, things are things are about to get way freaking worse for Karai. And they're both kind of psyching each other up like, this is war. I don't care who we have to kill. We take the fight to them. We're killing everybody. Yeah. Um, and that's a, I mean, they've, they've crossed that line. They're... They're upset over what happened to Jenica. They don't care who they kill at this point, as long as they're on the other side. They're the enemy, and they're going to take the fight to them. And they're going to animals, which is the perfect group to go to when you have so much bloodlust like that. So, well, they're not talking about killing anybody. They're just talking about hitting them first. Well, but you know what that means. But yeah, I mean, they're inferring. That, I mean, it's kind of like, well, what are they talking about? You know, yeah. because if it's like Leonardo or Michelangelo saying that, you kind of know what they mean. Yeah. But like with Raphael and Casey. Could go either way. Yeah, I, I took it as murder. Uh, and and we're gonna I, kill them. You know that they're they're capable of it. Well, yeah. I know Casey's capable of it. We don't think, really. I, know, I, I don't think yeah, we true. Really know about Raphael yet. Yeah, the jury's still kind of out on him. That's yeah. true. The jury's been out for ninety-five issues now, so you know. <laughs> like, All yeah. right, dude, you know, do it or get off the pot. One of these things, you know. So. And old Hob, man, he knows that too. He's like, dude, I see that anger in you, and he yeah. plays that card. Old Hob plays that card. He's not an idiot. I I love I love the Mutanimals. I really do. I know. Yeah, I would if if this issue if like issue one hundred was the end of the Turtles comic, I would love it to pick up with Mutanimals. Oh, I wish they'd had their own side series. I really do. But like, um, but they're not the main draw. They aren't. I mean, they're. I know. I know. It would Which just is why I think some of them are expendable again. You know, because like they they tried it in the nineties and it didn't work, and it probably wouldn't work now. Well, yeah, they tried it um, in what, 2013 or 14 with their own miniseries? I guess that was always meant to be a miniseries. That was a miniseries. So. Yeah, it was. I mean, without that, we wouldn't know who Null is. Yeah. So, um, Raphael and Casey Jones are at the uh, Mutanimals headquarters to get Lindsay. And Lindsay's all for it. She knows why. She's like, okay, I, I know exactly what you got to do. We got to go save Jenica. April's already called me. I'll be in the van. <laughs> She's like, no problem. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, when the Mutanimals show up, they're all guns blazing, ready to go take out uh, who Raphael figures is Karai. Yeah. Um, but he actually says Karai is one person on our list, and she's not the first one. It's like, we got to go take out Madame Null at the Null Corporation. He doesn't tell, he doesn't say why. Uh, he doesn't say the real reason why. He says that we got to go take her out for a mutant experimentation. And. He's like, you know, just look at um, Seymour, who's Mutagen Man. Uh, take a look at Seymour or Ray and, like, the conditions that they were in. And, like, uh, Seymour, and I don't know if his name is Seymour Guts, like it was in the cartoon, but, like, Mutagen Man was basically 
uh, mutated without anything to mutate into. And so the mutagen just kind of like dissolved him and he lives in this like stasis, yeah. uh, stasis suit. And Ray Filet, or maybe just Ray, was mutated and like basically forced into a fight club in a prison. And like everybody's got baggage. It all started with Null. They're the, they're, she's the first person on the list. Yeah. And, she made the list. And, uh, yeah, you just made the list. And, <laughs> uh, so Raphael's like, well, you know, that's cool. And so old Hobbs like, so you, are you going to, you with us or are you going to go stand around and wait for your dad to tell you to do something? And Raphael's like, yeah, you know what? I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hob Hob kind of a little bit too, like kind of. Hitting around like, you know, we need somebody really tough. We need somebody that, you know, is not going to pull any punches. Yeah. What about you, Raph? You with us? You know, he knows he knows Raph's personality well enough to know what buttons to push to get Raph to agree. And Raph does. I mean, Raph's angry at this point. He's very vulnerable. And this is kind of a way to cross that line. And I kind of like how Casey doesn't try to stop him. He just asks him a shirt. True. And Raphael's like, yeah. He's like, okay, see you later. Because I mean, what is he? Yeah. What is he going to do? He's going to go back to Harold's lab and just kind of sit there. Yeah, and I think if the shoes were on the other foot and they were asking Casey to join him, I think Casey would have done it too. They're they're both that upset. If he didn't have to get Liz, uh, Lindsay to the lab, yeah, exactly. If he didn't yeah. have to take Lindsay someplace, then yeah, he would. But yeah, and I kind of think it's really cool how like the first issue of this series was everybody fighting Raphael. Yeah. And especially Old Hob, where it's like Old Hob wanted to kill all, kill everybody, basically. And not that he doesn't now, but he doesn't want to kill the turtles now. And now he's basically offering Raphael a job. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah, speaking of crazy stuff, though, the next scene, the Foot Clan is making short work of this this mob right here. Uh, the, the organization that Karai was trying to recruit. This is a scene, you know, where you see an aggressive side to Splinter. Now, Splinter, in the last issue, is talking about he, how he's tired of making these tough decisions. But when he has to put that mask on, when he has to take care of business, I mean, he does it in a way that's not very um, graceful. I mean, he's he's violently taking care of business, killing every single one of this yeah. guy's um, guards, I guess you could call him. I'm not sure what you would call him, but Splinter basically says, it will be your master who will join you. As will all of those who have broken their oath of loyalty to the Foot Clan. They will suffer the consequences deserving of traitors, starting with you. Did you truly believe that I had forgotten the disrespect that you showed to my Chunin? And then he tells Mongo, uh, I guess one of his chief guards, this is uh, Splinter here, tells Mongo, Mongo, now. And the guy tries to plead for his life, and it's it's a cutaway, but we know what happened. Yeah. He was killed. He was killed. And then we get this weird cutaway, yeah. Not to, not to ruin a moment here, but every time I hear about somebody being named Mono, I kept thinking of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I've never seen Blazing Saddles. Oh, I okay, watch that so one. there's this, uh, look it up, there's this character named Mongo who is just hilarious. <laughs> and he's this big lumbering, he punches out a horse in his first scene. Of- <laughs> and, like a horse, like, accidentally. And, like, the, the, the rumor is that actor actually punched a horse and the horse gets knocked out. And it's it's hilarious. Yeah, look it up. Look up Blazing Shadows Mongo on YouTube later. It's, uh, and you'll know why every time I hear a character name, like when Splinter said Mongo now, and I didn't know this dude's name was Mongo, I just immediately started laughing. So, <laughs> so that would be great if the last panel on that page was actually a horse looking in terror. Uh... Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, it's him. 
Yeah, but instead of a horse, we get Leatherhead, who's been gone for a while. I completely now, forgot Leatherhead was in this book. I, I did, too. So, you know, kudos to Tom Waltz. He brought him in. Did not see that coming. But what does he have against Splinter? What does I, he I don't think that there's anything. You know, remember, they're on okay terms now. So he's watching this. And it's, it's a look like, is it fear? Is it anger? Is it shock? Uh, we don't know. I don't know what it is. No, I yeah. mean, it kind of looks like it's not anger and it's not fear, but it's just kind of like, I, I don't know what it is. I couldn't it's tell It's hard you. to make out, yeah. Yeah. Great scene where the mutanimals, they take it right to them. Uh, guns blazing, Sally Pride and Pete first. They, uh, they blast into the corporation. Meanwhile, old Hob and Mondo and Ray and Raph, they're taking the van, and they're, they're, I guess they're going to go through the front, you know, as the distraction of the uh, the attack happened. And they uh, infiltrate this building here, and I really do love how there's the you see this panel of Mondo Gecko fighting these robots. And oh, Mondo's the, awesome in this. Those are the robots from the old cartoon. The uh, yeah, the yeah, and the, the, the video games too. I yeah. know, yeah, I saw those. I was, I about spit up my coffee. I was like, what? those little unicycle ones. <laughs> I know, I love those ones. These are great. And um, yeah, but you see uh, Zodi and No, and I don't know who the Snake Lady is. She looks awesome. Yeah, she looks cool. Yeah. yeah. They're like, hey, we got to get you out of here. We're going to take you up to a helipad. And they get her to this helicopter. And Sally Pride is like, you know, I could shoot them down, but I'm not going to because, you know, I won't kill mutants. I was like, well, you kind of did fly your plane into the building. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I won't cross that line. It's like, but I'll shoot the building full of people. (laughs) Really, though? Really? really? All right. All right, Sally, I get it. <laughs> now, this is cool. The next thing here is the two-page two, uh, panel, like, yeah. almost splash, splash page, but it's not really it's got panels. But they're fighting these, like, weird drones. If, you're ever, if you've ever played Alien Isolation on PlayStation 4, they look like the cyborgs, or the, uh, the android in that game. Anyway, you find out that, like, Raphael just thought that they were going to go fight Noel's forces, and it turns out there was a secondary mission because Hob just can't tell the truth about anything. <laughs> They uh, open up this big, this huge laboratory and steal information from its servers, and you just see rows and rows and rows of mutant skeletons. Yeah. Maybe alien skeletons. They're not animals. They're, they might be aliens. They might be mutants. I don't really know. But there's just skeletons. And the real reason they're there is not just to get intel and weaponry, but Hob is uh, trying to take out this laboratory that's experimenting on mutants. And it's at this point where I realize that Hob is kind of being, he's out magnetoing Mito here. You know, he's, <laughs> he's really doing, this is like the best X-Men comic book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> I am mutants. Yeah, I know. That, that's exactly why. But I really do, I really do like where Hob is basically talking about, um, you're not blind. Poor helpless mutants just wanting to be, just waiting to be mass produced for Noel's profit. She's like, slaves. Null is making slaves, and I want to make soldiers. Basically, what Hob is doing is he's kind of going to give people a choice, or he's going to give mutants a, a chance against humans or mm-hmm. somebody. Um, because Hob has always talked about this war between humans and mutants. But I was just thinking, like, that makes no sense because there's, like, what, 50 mutants? Yeah. Maybe. And, but, like, now he can mass produce them? And yeah, this is like this could go either way here. Maybe Hobbs has 
Hob. Maybe Hob has a um, uh, good motives now, good morals now, but he could use this to his advantage later on. Mm-hmm. So I could see this turning south very quickly. And at the very end of the issue, he says, so are you with me, Raph? And Raph goes, I want in. So uh, Raph yeah. has sided with the mute animals here. Um, maybe with good intentions, but this device, especially having access to all these codes, I guess, for genetic replication, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, he's talking about like cloning mutants, basically. Yeah, old Hob could do some serious damage building an army like this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, I don't want them to be slaves, but you want them to be soldiers. Uh, it seems like the opposite issue of what Splinter and his and Karai were fighting about, you know, with the orphans. Yeah. So, and and then uh, I really like what they do here at the very last page of the issue. It's a map of, I guess, a zone of New York City here. Yeah, Manhattan. And, yeah. 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 Oh, they, right, they've done Manhattan. that for the the last two issues. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It kind of tells you where everyone is um, with the Foot Clan, the uh, the Mafia, um, the Purple Dragons, the yeah. Animals, the TMNT Lair, Harold's Lab. It's really neat the way they have it lined up. So it really does feel like almost like a Game of Thrones kind of war here on the island. I was just thinking that. Like, you remember when you would read an old uh, fantasy book like a, yeah. when you were a kid and they would have, like, the world map the first couple pages? And it's like, that's just how big this comic has got now where, like, you need – you there's a grid – and you need, you need to know what, where, and who everything is. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then, guys, I'll tell you, if you've not read the City at War story arc, um, try to get these single issues because I don't know if it's going to be included in the uh, the trades. But there's a wonderful um, – it basically started with issue 93, uh, TMNT, Ninja Turtle, uh, TMNT oral history, um, you know, uh, of, of how the IDW comic came into – Creation, yeah, and there's some great stuff that I read on this one. All about the '93 was talking about the the conception of the first story arc. Yeah. Well, this is talking about the second story arc and getting and how, uh, Kevin Eastman on board too. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Kevin Eastman gives uh, some of his insight in this. It talks a little bit about Dark Leo and 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 all these new ideas they wanted to bring to the table. Where um, I read a little bit of what Tom Walt said. He said he felt like the first story arc was still kind of paying homage to the original turtles um where and then this story arc here that they refer to the dark leo saga that was all new yeah and they all talk about that next story arc there so really fascinating stuff here try to get the single issues if you can so you can read this because um i'm sure it'll be in the trades i hope so yeah it's really fascinating the first part of it's going to be two parts when the uh the trade paperbacks come out so like uh city at war part one will come out in October. And I would imagine City at War Part 2 will come out in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure both of them will be in that, um, these oral histories. Or maybe that'll be like just like on the last the last issue of that Part 2 of City at War will be like the whole oral history kind of thing, which would be cool. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I really like how they, they did mention about how the first story arc was very much paying much to everything that came before it. And it was like, they're still paying homage to everything that came before, but now we kind of don't notice it. Mm-hmm. Where it was like the first three years of reading this book, we were just, I don't know about you, but I know I was sitting there going, holy, holy man, look, Bebop and Rocksteady. There's Krang. There's this. There's Racking. Oh my God, there's this. Kind of didn't like that Racking look like the 2012 version, but whatever. You know, 
Oh, yeah. There's all this stuff, all this stuff that I recognize that's familiar to me. And it was a big deal, right? And now it's just kind of like, hey, there's Roadkill Rodney. That's kind of a deep cut. (laughs) But you don't, I mean, like, I noticed that because, like, because of, I don't want to say I'm a super fan or anything, but, like, but, like, the average person that just reads the IDW comic book and doesn't care about Ninja Turtles outside of that comic book, which I'm sure that there are, um, they're not going to know that that's Roadkill Rodney. They're just going to see that, hey, in this issue of Talking Turtles and Cats, there's a weird-looking robot. All right. You know, you don't notice it anymore. And it's become, like, so just not commonplace, but, like, I don't know how else to say it, but it just becomes, like, the nostalgia aspect of this book is no longer an aspect. Now it's just, it's not even nostalgia anymore. Now it's just like, hey, look at how they implemented this thing that I know. And I really love that about this book, where it's just like, you don't care about how crazy everything looks anymore. You know, like, how crazy everything looks is no longer a novelty. You know, it's yeah. like, you're you're invested in this world now. And, you know, like, I just said, I mean, like I just said, this is, a, like, the best X-Men comic that, I, that I've ever read in my life. Yeah. You don't, you don't care about the X-Men anymore. You don't care about laser beams out of their head or metal claws or uh <laughs> weird technicolor outfits you care about those people that are under that are under all that yeah you're you're exactly right and i i, I just think that the, what idw has done it's 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 such a hard balance too i mean it's a hard sell because you've got you've got to pay homage to mirage um you know there's there's a level of respect that you should always kind of have with the things that have happened before, but also enough ambition and courage to try something new and incorporate new characters as well as old characters, you know, to kind of appeal to everyone. Not everyone's going to be happy with it. That's just the way fans are. But I think IDW has done as good a job as you possibly do. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're nearing uh, the corner for issue 100 now. Yeah, six issues um, left. Further than, yeah, six issues left. Um, in 2019, say what you will about comic books. You know, I've, I've, I always hear it. I don't know the numbers or anything, but I always hear that comic sales are not as strong as they used to be. I don't know if that's oh, true no, or not. Oh, no, they're terrible. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, this is still thriving. This is still, and, and it's, it's doing exceptionally well. So kudos to Tom Waltz and one guy. Well, not one guy, but... Well, the Tom same, Waltz is the same the kind of the brainchild guys. behind most it's of It's like it. the eight guys working on this thing. You know, I mean, and I mean, yeah, we're talking about 100 issues, but I mean, it's got to be closer to two because of all the side series and stuff like that. I mean, like, comics can't get, a, can't get one title past issue 10, and it's because they spent all this time working on agendas. And, and we're not going to talk about that, but, like, they've, they've spent years... <laughs> and years trying to hammer an agenda home and their sales have been plummeting through every floor underneath everyone else there at that company. But IDW said, Hey, what do you want to do with turtles? We don't care what it looks like. What do you want to do? And yeah, they spent mm-hmm. the, the prerequisite amount of time paying homage to the stuff. But then when their story kicked in, probably around city at war or city fall, probably around the Dark Leonardo stuff, just responded to uh, it. And it was just like, you can yeah. make something look like however you want. If that story is not good, if there's no quality there, you're not. Oh, 
you know? And, like, I mean, there are plenty of good stories that don't sell. I know it happens. It happens more often than it doesn't. But that's what makes this book so special. Because, like, Mm -hmm. it's just good. Everybody realizes it's good. And, yeah, it's not pulling in Batman numbers, but Ninja Turtles never have. They've never had that uh, Marvel or DC money behind them, which is what makes Ninja Turtles great, which is why I love them so much, because they're flipping scrappy. (laughs) You know, and that's what this book is for me. It was like, it did not care about what other people are trying to do. It did what it did best. And and IDW, for all their credit, they were just like, hey, man, keep doing it. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think IDW has knocked it out of the ballpark. And Even though I've complained about be... things, I still recognize that it's just yeah. like nobody's done. That's why I still say, like, nobody's done Ninja Turtles better than them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all yeah. have our favorites, but as far as, you know, long-term success, IDW, I, I can't think of one that rivals it. I, I'll always have a sweet spot for Volume 1 and Volume 4. And I know you're you're an yeah. adventures guy, but um, you know I think we all agree that IDW has been wonderfully successful during a difficult time in the comic yeah. book industry. So um, you know, kudos to the creators. Go read the history at the end of these issues, guys. Wonderful insight here. And also, send us an email. Don't forget about the question of the week. What was your favorite figure growing up, or what's a hard one for you to let go? Like, what would be the one you couldn't get rid of? And send us an email at turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at turtleflakes. And we do have a Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash turtleflakes. We do have a turtlecom hotline, which we didn't receive any calls this week. So I challenge somebody to call in. Baxter, I'm talking to you. Brian, Utah, I'm talking to you. No, last time Baxter called in, figures started going up like 3,000%. That's true. Gosh, yeah, Baxter. <laughs> Uh, So our number is 865-309-4875. Big Slice of Pizza goes out to TMNT Entity and Totally Tubular Turtle Tuesday, which is a YouTube show. We are proud partners with the Retro Gaming Times Magazine at classicplastic.net slash TRT. And, of course, Josh's Radical Turtle Tracks blog. Would you like to talk about that for a Yeah, uh, the Turtle Tracks blog is basically a website that I uh, contribute to or that I write, that I run, which uh, basically pop culture talks a lot about movies, talks about video games, comic books collectibles talks a lot of uh movie news when basically i'm writing about whatever interests me so i'm not gonna focus on every single little thing under the sun i'm i because i i don't want to clickbait anybody but uh yeah yeah, right now i'm focusing on a series just kind of off the cuff about my military experience um because i'm just tired of writing about comic books for right now and also uh nobody ever really gets the military right you know i i heard it I heard it put that military nowadays, what you see on TV is all propaganda. So I was like, I can write about my experiences and it's not always, it's not pretty, you know, but it's honest, you know, that's not, yeah, I read it, man. Very, very interesting yeah, stuff. That, that's just my version of it. I don't know what everybody else saw, but the, I can only give you my perspective from what I remember. Yeah. Good stuff there, man. And, uh, Honestly, appreciate your service, man. I don't say that enough. I really do. Oh, don't worry about it. Nah. <laughs> You're the man. Yeah, well, I already kind of ruined it for everybody because I told everyone I had no star-spangled aspirations, you know? It was like I had no patriotism about anything. I was just like, I'm bored. <laughs> what, what can I <laughs> Doesn't do? Doesn't matter. You, you still put in your time, man, and that, that means a lot. Seriously. Thank you. And you can also find me on YouTube. I have a gaming channel called Turtle Tracks Games uh, where you can find me playing games terribly. Uh, <laughs> I've been on a real Dead by Daylight kick because uh, in probably when this episode airs, or maybe the week after, 
will be uh, the inclusion of the next uh, killer, who is Ghostface. Very nice. But not the Ghostface from Scream. So oh. the license that uh, Behavior Interactive actually acquired was Ghostface the Mask. Because that mask existed before the Scream movies. And it was oh. its own license. So they got a very cheap license. And they could make their own character behind it. But this means that there's no map and no survivor that usually accompanies um, a killer. Yeah. Unaliver, as my kids call them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Dead by... I am not good at that game. <laughs> so, uh, it's it's been a work in progress. So. Hey, but you're getting better, man. Yeah. Well, well, good stuff, man. And and also, the only thing I'll, I'll add to that is um, that Landon and I finally recorded an episode of the Retro Junkies. It's the first one we had done in yearly years. Yearly tradition, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Yearly tradition. It's been um, – we, we actually did the math. It's been – since we did an actual official super show, it's been over two years. And it was so good familiar to, to go back. Um, so that episode should be released soon. Yeah. Um, if you love retro games and everything and just goofiness, just us being stupid, then uh, check out the show. It's The Retro Junkies. Just search it up in any of your podcast feeds. You should be able to find it. It's all free, um, family-friendly. And uh, we talked about Super Spike Volleyball for a good summer game. And it's a lot of fun. That's one we, we definitely grew up playing and uh, we definitely like talking about it. So it's probably – I'm exploiting the Turtle Flakes feed to promote my other show, but oh well. <laughs> you're, you were, it's your show, dude. I, I exploit my own stuff. You know, just... Oh, yeah, that's true. Speaking that's of, true. we're talking about, uh, speaking of summer games, though, have you ever played for NES? Have you ever played California games? Yes. Oh, yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. I love that, man. I just love it. I, I, that's how I learned how to play Hacky Sack. <laughs> you remember oh, wow. that? <laughs> yeah. Man, and I remember like, That's was, a hard game. And it was like, kind of like silent, really low key, gory, too, that game was, because like, when you were playing the surfing level, if you wiped out, like, a shark would eat you. A shark would come. Yeah. Oh, that's And all you hear was, and, like, a shark's head would come up and take you down. I'm like, oh, great. I died. Yeah. Oh, good. Go play Duck Hunt. Yeah. So so here's something for you, Josh. It's going to be a couple weeks, I think, before issue 95 comes out. We never actually wrapped up the classic era of Turtles. So what do you say we go back to Mirage, the comics, um next week and do a, a toy review before the comic all right yeah no problem cool cool and then after that as soon as 95 comes out we'll, we'll review that and then we'll get back to our regular um format of the show so guys thank you so much for listening and um hoser josh the question we all want to know is what type of pizza are we going to have to close out another totally tubular episode of turtle flakes oh man you know i've been on a real mexican food kick Ooh. um so i i don't really go for novelty pizzas because i think they're stupid but it's like people making like cheeseburger pizzas and chicken pizzas and Ooh, shut up, get out of here. Oh, that's delicious. And but I want to go for like a burrito pizza. Ah, so I want okay. to do like shredded beef and guacamole and queso and all the stuff to make that really make that pizza crust really run for it. You know, try to <laughs> try to keep its rigidity there. You know, yeah, and really really make that bathroom work. Yeah, out. really, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> We got a new toilet in, got to test it out. So we'll go for it. All right. Well, well, Dizzy Dudettes, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us over uh, all these many wonderful years. And um, on behalf of Josh and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy a mega slice of burrito pizza. I'm just going to keep it like that. Do that, yeah. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, everyone.
Michelangelo being like, you're next! Go! Yo, man! 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 Like health and English, I don't know. In gym, but well, you know, I, I believe it or not, I, you know, I say that kiddingly, but I could actually see you being a teacher. But the, the only thing I, I um, that would make me crack up is uh, you, you remind me of like, have you ever seen that episode uh, of The Office where Michael Scott he's trying his best to be professional and not say that what she said? Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> oh man, that's not right. <laughs> that would be you trying not to burn a seat. You. You stopped this, and I immediately thought you were going to compare me to Prison Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to scare you straight! <laughs> oh, oh, everybody. Oh, God, it's Clump. It's Clump. Oh, gosh. I like I think you and I, I think if you and I were to teach at the same school, it would be like that episode where Michael Scott saw um, a dude from the British version of The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, like, they... Kind of they become like, friends, like, in late. He's like, oh, nice guy, yeah. <laughs> But like oh, even like Michael no. Scott had Packers. <laughs> What's up, my nerds? <laughs> Which, if anybody on the office, if I'm like anyone on the office, I'm probably Packer. You're Packer. <laughs> yeah, it's like I could imagine when I say hello to everyone on Turtle Flight, Jay Weez, who's this? And you're like bad. Button ready? Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine you like, how can I get you out of this picture? <laughs> oh gosh, that's great. Well, well, all right, man. Why? Well, I thought we hit the ground running. That sounds good.